It's a good show. Hey, everybody. Hello. Um, uh, my name is Barry Rothbart. And my name is Lucas Neff. And you are in for a treat this oh boy. week. Um, we, as usual, we uh, we did a, uh, a an incredible podcast. But this one, I'd say tops a lot of the incredible ones we did. Yeah, of the incredible category yeah. of like our incredible podcast. Yes. This is the incredibleist. There's a Venn diagram of incredible and like transcendent. Yeah. And this is in the middle of it. Mhm. The you spectacular know? region. Spectacular. Um we have uh guests that uh well, are somewhat responsible for Lucas and I becoming friends mm-hmm. and you having a we- and you having a wedding. And me having a wedding, which one of we'll them get gave into. Barry a wedding. Um, it's Sam Hodges and his wife, Catherine Hodges. Mm-hmm. And Sam Hodges was the creator of Downward Dog, the show that Lucas critically and acclaimed. I, critically acclaimed. Uh, First ever broadcast show to premiere at Sundance. <laughs> immediately murdered. Uh, he was the creator, gone. the voice of Martin. Yeah, so you might you think loved... that Martin, if you love Downward Dog, you might think that one of our guests is Martin. You're going to hear about Martin's <laughs> incredibly complicated relationship to religion and his fundamentalist um, father. So they, they uh, have something in common. And they both met at Bible school and Bible they college. were they, Bible college, and uh, they were both um, very, very devout Christians. Um, Sam lived in a, in the woods, basically. He lived it was in sort a, of in a like cult a at some point. God shack in um, the woods. Catherine uh, had a father who was the Indiana Jones of Christianity, mm-hmm. and they both uh, have something else in common that they also um, they came out of the religion and they, they lost their faith. They lost their faith or left and, their faith, and they have a lot to say about. Uh, uh, both of those things. Yeah. Right? So we're going to talk about the the their sort of pro- the process of both having faith and then losing faith. Yeah. And, doubt and and dealing with doubt and living with doubt. Yeah. And how to question your own belief system. Right. And, and Catherine also did uh, was part of a documentary series called Exodus about people who have left the church. And you can see it on YouTube. It's, um, a, it's, it's a great incredible. documentary. Um, it's emotional. And uh, we also get into uh, what what's Grosser fingers or toes? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the big one, the big what issues. Else, what else do we get into? Good uh, stuff. Yeah, we talked about you know how the. It's a very personal episode. We talked about how they met. Um, you know that we learned about yeah Sam growing up in a in a Unabomber for God sort of like living right. place. Yeah. How uh, Catherine grew up in an idyllic Christian community where she was. Uh, uh, sort of the captain of the God team, but not quite because she was a woman. Well, let's and, not give uh, it all away, but I yeah, think yeah, this yeah. is great. Okay, well, you asked me, what are we, <laughs> I did. You literally, say, you're like, what do we talk about? The second I start saying it, um, you're like, I yeah, think yeah, we should yeah. we, uh, just get high and... Uh, Dude, I need to get high. And start get, this episode? Let's smoke some weed all right, and start let's smoke this some episode. Saving the world. With Barry Rothbart and Lucas Neff. So glad to have you guys with us today. Yeah, I, uh, I I wanted to jump into it, if you guys are cool with yeah. that. Yeah, we'd love I, to totally leap cool. right into it. This is that cool if yeah. I leap in? Is it okay? It's okay with me. Um, how, uh, how, I mean, we, you know, we've worked together, Sam and yeah. Catherine. I've known you for a while, um, but our listeners I've might also, not know. I've also known you for a while, Catherine, um, and I've also worked with you, Sam. <laughs> and Barry, we work together. Maybe to just, to give us a little I exposition. think I'm kind of your guys, your guys, like... Guru? No, like what's what's the friend? Word? Friend, <laughs> friend, friend guru, mentor, yeah. leader. Um, uh, no, but like I feel like I kind of like wait. Landscaper. Did 
Have you guys met before Downward Dog, or was that yes. kind of we did. you guys had? We had, but met. briefly, because Barry even texted me during the audition process yes. oh, okay. for Downward Dog. Oh, because you guys, you guys were going for the same role yeah. originally. That's I forgot true. about you. Lawrence. You did do something though. You single-handedly got me a wedding. Because I well, I couldn't afford it unless I booked Downward Dog at that time, and you kind well, of without realizing it were like I'm going to give you a wedding, <laughs> so you basically got me a wedding. That's you, pretty cool. You, you you that role was supposed to be a, a not go to a white person. So congratulations, <sighs> Dude, I you do took, that all the time. I you think. took the diversity. Away I've from been somebody. doing that. I've been gentrifying roles forever. <laughs> you have been. I just wanted to leap right into it. Let's leap right into it. Leap right into it. So uh, let's give a little exposition. How did you guys meet? What what's the story oh, of Catherine? How and did Sam. we meet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, let's hot jump into that. So I was 18, and Sam was also 18, and we were babies, and we were at Bible college, and it was the, actually before school started. Do they call it Bible college? Yeah, or is it yeah. just it's college called, well, with Bibles? Well, no, you went to it's, BC it's Bible, Bible College. college. <laughs> really? Well, well, B. Because there, there are Christian colleges like you have like Wheaton or um, like Gonzaga. Some of that's like a Christian Pepperdine, college. right? Is a oh Gonzaga Pepperdine. is Christian. Gonzaga There's a is lot of Christian Catholic. colleges, and there's even like among that like. Gonzaga's Catholic, and the Catholics are a little bit more, you don't have to believe. Like, Wheaton is more, you have to be, like, a Christian in some way. But And then we went, we went to Moody Bible Institute, and that was, like, made by D.L. Moody in the 1860s to, like, send forth missionaries <laughs> into the world. Like, that was a missions training school. It? It's in downtown Chicago. That's the which, best That was the coolest it. part about it. <laughs> Whoa. So, yeah. so it was created as a mission for Chicagoans. Chicagoans? Oh, to train people to do, For ministry. Like, ministry, to, yeah. To train but for But not ministry. just for Chicagoans. No, right. no, no. To go out in the whole world. And Anybody could it join. It was kind of trained as a reaction to what was perceived as this, like, growing liberalism within Christianity, like, during the... Um, Darwin and the like, they look at the Bible, like, oh, like, how for a while people were trying to say, like, how could Christianity fit within like what we're learning about the world scientifically? Mm-hmm. And then they were like, oh, it's not really working, so let's just ignore science and go back to the Bible. <laughs> and and basically, that's what it was it's a place where you're like, the Bible is our authority. And did you have other textbooks? No, so the weird thing was, it was really challenging, it was really challenging school, it was really hard. And you, you had to, like, it was a real bachelor's program. But everything was done through the lens of this. So, like, it's like, like a double major. Like, you majored yeah. in something you wanted to do for career, and then Bible was an extra major that you took on. So, you took an Old Testament survey class. But you had to take on Bible. Yeah. yeah. Everybody yes. who graduated did. Yeah. And it had a kind of anti, like, I guess you could say clericalism uh, roots to it as well that was like, just go out there and love kids for Jesus. And so, it was always kind of a weird, like, it's not a seminary. Are you supposed to be a pastor? Like it was a kind of a confusing. So it's for people who are like, I want to have a life where I'm I'm not like a priest or a cleric in but any I'm way. Like but I but I do want to be like it's like very an religious. activist. We thought of the- ourselves as the- like theological activism. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like a Harvard for zealots or something. <laughs> the, 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 the way I, the way I would describe this is because because <laughs> we had very different paths there where we both came from Christian homes, but I came from a really like like in high school I was pretty I was like a bad kid in some ways and I was like I did like a, a lot of acid in eighth grade and I like did like weird eighth grade. Whoa. But then I stopped in ninth grade. <laughs> it's uh, like, yeah, well, man. Well, you were entering high school. It's time good. to get serious. I mean, yeah. no, but like, I, I yeah. And <laughs> it's weird because I go back now. It's weird because now with hindsight, you're like, this was the onset of the whole like heroin epidemic and all that. Like, I, my town was like one of the, the, like half the guys in my class went to prison in the last ten years. What so town is this? It's re, re, is Republic Washington. So it's like really rural, almost like Montana or like North Idaho, like that mm-hmm. kind of vibe. Oh, uh, and heroin just took it, took mm-hmm. it, and it's really, really sad there. Going back home was really sad, but 
anyway, so I had kind of had a late high school reconversion experience. And, and for me, I think it's what we actually had in common when we met and what our friendship was based on is I wasn't so much like part of a religious culture. Most of my friends weren't Christian. It was like I had had the spiritual experience and then it was associated with the Bible and then I read the Bible, and I was like, oh, if this is true. Did you read the Bible on acid? I should have. No, <laughs> okay. I, I'm really, really guilt about that. The uh, I heard it's terrible when you read it on acid, actually. <laughs> It'd be a lot of like judgment. A lot that. of judgment. I don't know. It'd be kind of interesting. So Maybe. wait, so so explain the difference. So, so what is it being religious without reading the Bible? What do you mean by that? Well, okay, I think most Christians that you talk to have never read the Bible cover to cover. I would argue they probably haven't. But you still follow it. They follow their teachers more. This is they would say yes. I would oh. say no. I would say they kind of read Paul. They read Jesus. Maybe I don't think they've really done like a deep study of like like Jeremiah or like mm. Hosea. Maybe Hosea because it has certain yeah. modern things. But yeah. these guys aren't real Bible heads. These are yeah. like, <laughs> okay, Bible okay, 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 okay. But again, this is kind of like right? the, this is kind of like the premise <laughs> of the whole thing is that yeah. we're the serious ones. If yeah, this you is guys true, are like, you guys are in the record store of the Bible, yeah. like being like, oh. Right. But it's weird because like, you're, you're sure. asking for Paul. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another Jesus fan. <laughs> well, but there, there is sense a lot of a lot of Christianity, like any, like any culture, is just a culture institution. You just do it because of what your parents did. It's like how life works. And we were more radical in the sense of saying, if there actually is like a hell, and and if you're going, if my neighbors and friends are going to hell then it'd be insane to to not try to get them out of that experience. Like, not to, and, you care about them. You love and, them. So and it's then like it, us with yeah. global warming. It's right. like, yeah, like it'd be insane like, not Why to. are people not paying attention yeah, to right? this? Yeah. Like, it makes no sense. And then, and like, then, yeah. and then, but there was still a question. We were, not because we didn't have questions, so it was like, if this is true, then it really matters. And so I wanted to vote four years of my life to finding out if it's true or not. And that's kind of how we our attitude was. Like, if this is true, it's serious. Yeah. So go back. And so you you're, came, you're, you came from a, just a yeah, more yeah. traditional Christian. Yeah. I like to, to describe here. myself as I was like a uh, Christian princess, kind of, <laughs> from Christian royalty. <laughs> my my dad was really real, well-respected in that world. He was a um, principal of a Christian high school. Of your and, Christian high school. Of my high Whoa. school, yeah. Wow. So I was definitely... Good grades. I mean, I, I had to either... Not, actually, not that great. Really? No. <laughs> I got a C in uh, advanced math. It was huh. very disappointing. Um, but... Um, yeah, and I always tried to put a lot of pressure on when it was snowing. Like, Dad, the roads are terrible. You have to cancel school. And oh, you're, you're like, no, the roads the, are fine. I'm like, Dad, for the right my team. friends yeah, are going to yeah, be so mad. <laughs> like, you have to cancel school. So anyway. She got a lot of pressure. <laughs> a lot of a lot pressure. Of and I was, I either had to be like a cool bad kid or like a really good like worship leader kid. So I chose that route just because oh. I, I like to think I did it for my own. I'm like, you can't make me, but I'm going to do it anyway because it seems like a good idea. So you were all the way in. Yeah. I was you were so like, in. I'm in. I had really serious doubts in high school because a mm-hmm. lot of my best friends bailed mm-hmm. on the whole concept. And people who had visited Moody with me, and we were all sort of in the Bible study, super right. Christian kid mode. And then they were like, ah, I'm an atheist, or I'm gay, or all, all these different reasons they were checking out. And I really freaked out. Like, am I the only one staying? Am I an idiot? And so you were too, like a total believer from what age? Like, do you remember? I mean, like forever? First grade, I had my first. First conversion experience. Yeah. Fourth grade was my what is a, second. What is a conversion <laughs> experience? You said you had a reconversion experience. I mean, so this, I mean, this is actually, if you look at like what evangelicalism and how it's different from Catholicism, for instance, or even mainland Christianity, it's ultra-focused on me and Jesus. So it has this, which I think is a reaction to a secular worldview where like 
if you're a person who has like all the scientists standing against you, then you kind of go into this more postmodern, and it really is really, really interesting to how much like Derrida and Kierkegaard some of these postmodernists influence the Christian thought because it's like, well, you might say that's true, but I had an experience of, and it, and it is it's ecstatic. Sometimes we we talk about like. Um, I haven't done hallucinogenics in my adult life because we have kids. We're actually <laughs> want to, we're actually trying to like schedule this as hard with kids to kind of go do like. Well, you can talk. About this, right? this is like, we don't talk oh, about no. scheduling. I, uh, <laughs> I just did DMT. It was incredible. Uh, right. So, but mm-hmm. we from we've talked about how you actually can have really genuine hallucinogenic, beautiful experiences through prayer, meditation, worship, etc. And so you'll have some of this very powerful, like God speaking to you, sense the, the, your spine tingles, universe makes sense, these kind of experiences. And if that happens at a church camp or at during a lot of during group worship and group chanting and kind of long sessions, that felt like you met God. And so then most people's faith is not like, oh, I want to go oppress gay people in the beginning, right? <laughs> or I want, I'm, anti, I'm anti-immigrant. I'm yeah. It's like I had what the fuck just happened to me. And then there's a pastor right there saying, I'll tell you what happened to you. You just met Jesus Christ and he died for your sins and he loves you and you're going to spend eternity as a president. Wow. like, that's great. And then so, you wake up 10 years later as part of the religious right and not sure how you got there. And there's this, there's this human psychology of like these in-group, in out-group and – once you have that kind of deep emotional experience, you're just in, and that's what it's all based around. I think I that's how some culture, like you know, if you watch Wild Wild Country, well, I was like, going to say every documentary about episode. Scientology is like, <laughs> yeah. let's all get together yeah, no, for a yeah. long first time. Episode, yeah. you're like, I could do this. Mentally like, snap. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it's like, but it's also the most. Why is everyone beautiful... having sex with each other? Like, <laughs> I mean, I definitely miss. There's sometimes now where, as I think I officially left the faith, I don't know, six years ago or something like this. And I was a very liberal Christian, like a Sufjan Stevens Christian yeah. before that for a while. But I was on a hike recently, and I, I was, saw this church in the distance on the top of a hike in Wyoming in this little town. I had this desire to go worship there. Not that I think Christianity is true like or a drug. valid. But it's like I know how to get that high. Oh, my God. Because you can feel right? it. It's like, like a, a cigarette. It's like a sensation. Yeah. And when you're exhausted emotionally, I think just exhausted, and I was in the middle of a script, and I was kind of lost on it, and just kind of... Like, oh, I miss that. And it's hard in a secularized life to have that kind of, especially the community of it. I mean, and so I think a lot of people just kind of say, well, I might not technically agree with all the points of this here, but this is feeding me and nourishing me spiritually in a way that these is con- more important. These conversion experiences are sort of drug-like high mm-hmm. that you get from it. And that well, happened in, like, first grade. Yeah, and, and you're you're basically told the story that, like, you're broken, like, irreparably mm-hmm. broken, which we all feel kind of fucked up. So this is right. not that mm-hmm. hard to buy, really. Um, even just being a first grader, like, I'm selfish. No, it's, I'm, yeah. I'm an it's asshole. Worst. I remember I use that word. Yeah. <laughs> not until I was, like, 26 or something. <laughs> 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 but uh, still feel kind of weird saying it. But, um, but you know, you feel that. And then there's this idea of, like, and you can be fixed and you can be loved. and you can. So the conversion is this, like, relinquishment of control, which feels awesome. And this idea of, like, all the things will be solved. All of your, you know, messy places are going to be made beautiful. And yeah. your life's going to have meaning. And you, you follow the Savior and he's going to lead you places he planned ahead. And you just follow. Can and I just like, tell you how much yeah. that spoke to me? The sudden, your messy spaces will be made beautiful. I was right. like, I was I was like I hate my messy spaces. 
<laughs> I do too. Like closets. Um, so yeah. So, yeah. So you guys weren't just, I mean, maybe explain how, how much of your life and community was revolved around religion. <laughs> well, you guys also, like when you I still children. want to hear about how you met. Yeah. That was right. You still <laughs> so haven't gotten to how you guys actually met. Bible college. So we were in Bible college together and we were in classes and I think immediately in these classes we were people who were more intellectually curious than some there and um i had we actually didn't we didn't have any romantic attraction for the first like year it was just really platonic because I was. She just shook her head definitively. <laughs> I was. I was. She was like, like maybe this, you this, didn't. <laughs> I was like, I want to date cheerleaders because because I had been really a loser in high school and then. Oh, what are Christian cheerleaders like? No, it wasn't Christian cheerleaders. You oh. wanted. Just I was. The real I, still, ones. I, still, I still had like secret. I still like secret bad life. I was hiding with people, um, but I remember. There's a moment in Chicago. There's a bookstore called My, Myopic Books. It's like in Wicker Park. It's really. I hope it's still there. It's a really beautiful bookstore. And we were hanging out, and she was doing a paper, and I had fought forest fires uh, to pay for college, and so the year before I had fought fires with. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like, well, but yeah. and so and, and then fact. and then uh-huh. one thing, and then I had a really close friend who was like a 26 year old girl. I was like 18, and she was really nice. And one of the last days on the fire crew, we went out for dinner, and she was kind of like, "What if I love God but also love women?" And I had never. She said that. Yeah, to, to me, and it's kind of like challenging me because she knew I was really conservative, but she really liked me, and she was like basically telling me like, I think I can be gay and love God too, and I had never really known a gay person before, at least someone who was out, and so I went to Bible college with that experience really strong in my mind, and so I wasn't really talking. What did you say it. to her? I think no. probably some bullshit. <laughs> probably something terrible. Probably yeah. probably something like. My sin's as bad as your sin, or whatever you know that yeah. kind of thing they do. And I remember Catherine was doing. We were at this bookstore, and she was said, "Oh, I'm doing a paper about homosexuality," and I was like cringe because I was like, "Oh, great, it's going to be this really like conservative you know, angle." And she was just wanting to talk about how cruel the church had been to gay people, and I was like, "Oh, automatically, I'm more interested in you than the average woman here oh. because you're not trying to just like beat the drum." She seemed to be somewhat tortured and had some level of like, doubting some of the core tenets, and so super tortured. Yeah, yep. <laughs> you were like the Christian goths. We were at the uh, end, Bible like Institute. by yeah. the yeah. end of Bible college, paper. we were. <laughs> I think by the end, by the end of it, yeah. But we, in the beginning, we were really true believers, and um, I think that thing to set up top, where it's if this is true, it's all that matters, was the thing that also led me to to question when it didn't look true. I was like, well, I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna pretend to not have questions. Because this isn't so important, so I think it's easier sometimes to stay in the faith if it's nominal. If you're like, "Oh, I go to church and it's fine," mm-hmm. and you don't really look at it, because we need to sort of look at the Bible and it's this. I still think beautiful is historical. I'm like all these writers, all these ancient stories from from different people over, you know, like really just this dense, contradictory mess of stories and. Um, we were kind of like, wait, so how did the Bible become the Bible? And they're like, oh, there's a council of Nicaea and like, like 300 or something. And there's like, you're like, oh, wait, so there's people. So God didn't say which book's the Bible or not. And kind of like how, and all of a sudden you're like, this is way messier than I thought it was. And so the questions, we get questions until a point when you start to be called out by the people around you. They sort of start to be kind of like, uh... Is there a oh, sense they feel in your life? you? They feel you leaving. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they feel you pulling away. But we thought these are pure questions. Like, hey, like, how does this work? And they'd be like, "Are you a sinner?" <gasps> like, wait, what? Because it's kind of like you start to cross certain lines. But that was my experience. At least I was, I was. If you guys know me, I'm, I'm a little bit. 
like I like controversy a little bit, and so I got myself in trouble. And, and for you, it was different. <laughs> yeah, you do I mean, like I was still... <laughs> He does. He really does. If there's one thing we know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. One of I, we had very different experiences because when we graduated, I was still fully in, in although high school? No, from college. college from Moody like as a little you yeah, know yeah I saw that graduate. you were only like 2014 yeah something like that <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it was like the year before we met yeah, yeah. so we I kept I kept evolving um because like you know true confessions I voted for George Bush the <laughs> first time Bush I one? voted because oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I was just super pro-life and super conservative and uh and by the time I well, I guess it was a little after I graduated, but, you know, I was campaigning for Obama. So it's starting to really change the way I viewed the world and the the problems in the world and starting to see that my version of Christianity seemed flawed. But I was like, I still love Jesus and there's still got to be a good version of this out here. Maybe something more urban, something more, you know... Historic, something ancient, genre. Well, you were looking like, to transcend it. You were looking to confirm your beliefs, or yeah, because I had this personal experience them with it. Sustain them. Yeah, yeah. Well, something And there's true. a question like, if the ideas of the Bible are true, like if Jesus died on the cross for you and loves you and sends the Holy Spirit to live in you, then the community of those people should be this radically loving, generous people. And right. so when you're in a church, you're like, man, this church is not lining up with that. Yeah. So you kind of keep switching churches or denominations to say, you know, I know for, I know for me, I almost loved the faith entirely and I was like 20. And I just, it looked really fake to me. And then we went to this um, Presbyterian church in Chicago, which was just so different because they had like, a lesbian woman doing sacrament and they had like a person in a wheelchair at the door well people and it was so just diverse and cool and inclusive and for me I was like okay well this maybe this version works and then when it came down to saying the creed still it was still like like I believe in God the Father Almighty creator of heaven and earth and then Jesus Christ is only son and I was like do I believe in those things though yeah. and so it takes a while to kind right. of unpack that and I think most people have deconversion experiences much faster than we did I think I fought it so hard and we also were <laughs> in it so deep and kind of a lot of times people will just quickly write something off. I, I always say thing now to our friends who are atheists or whatever. If if they if they think the Christianity is like just so fucking stupid, how could you ever believe it? I'm like, in 20 years you might be a Christian because if you think if you, if you think the Bible is <laughs> oh, so because you're dogmatic about not believing it, and you're and you think it's dumber than it is, so yeah. you're vulnerable to like, its power. If you think, oh, that's just stupid, that you know, it's like, well, yeah, but like, the, do you understand the human mind? Because we love. A good story that it's like moves dense, us. You know? It's a dense so collection of. It has a, there's a reason it has a, such a powerful hold on, yeah, yeah. you know, people all over the world for two thousand so, yeah, years. Wake up, people! Right. Wake up, sheeple! Well, defend yourself <laughs> against the fire. Once <laughs> <laughs> we're all converted by the end of the show, guys, um, guys, are you guys I, like I'm gonna pray for you right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, should we do this uh, a long segment? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of like uh, the oh, he tries to force a segue so and, hard. You know where you guys begun. This is also something that happened before, which is when most beginnings start. Um, this uh, first flawless, <laughs> flawless, seamless every time. Um, you, really, you guys you really stand stuck a chance. The yep, with both like with shattered legs, two broken <laughs> legs. I landed that, but. Um, uh, guys, you, one of you stands a chance to win half a point right now. Right. There's points in this in the show <laughs> if you weren't aware. I'm sure you're aware. She's so in now. She's got way more okay. this show. So this is On This Day. All right. It's a positive little fun little segment. Um, but the first thing's first. Uh, we have to know what this day is. Can one of you tell me what what today is? What is today? August 20th. Ooh, Ooh, half a point to Sam. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, Kat. Right, no, 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 no. 
<laughs> August 20th. Uh, 820, man. 820. 820. <laughs> hey, baby. 820. Anyway, so on this day is a positive little segment where you get to learn something about something nice that happened on this day in history, August 20th, which is not the day, obviously, that you guys are listening to it at home, listeners. It's a different day now, but on the day that we recorded this, <laughs> which is this day, August 20th, um, something happened. I'd like to tell you guys about it. <laughs> something was published uh, in the in the 19th century. I'll just I'll tell you guys this segment used to not involve our guests, and now we've awkwardly started involving people. I don't know about so. awkward. It feels very comfortable. So you, you can win a half so a point now if you guess what happened. You can get I the think. rest of the point if you oh. can guess what occurred on August 20th in 1858. No more hints. Something was published that changed the world. Oh, Darwin's. Theory of Evolution was published. He published not, not the origin of species. That's amazing. But I, in That's Charles, really impressive. I mean, you, you got it wrong. I didn't even believe in evolution. You got the title wrong, so we <laughs> can't give gonna, you any points. Yeah, well, I'm, no, I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go by the yeah, rules yeah, here. Yeah, fair enough. I'm personally We really deserve impressed. to lose all our points, actually. Yeah. I mean, that's Don't I worry. That's coming. Yeah. Uh, but uh, on August 20th, 1858, Charles Darwin first publishes his Theory of Evolution through Natural Selection in the Journal of the Proceedings of the Linnaean Society of London, Alongside Alfred Russell Wallace's same theory. That's great. So uh, I thought it was. He a, stole I thought it was a Wallace. nice sort of topical <laughs> yeah. moment, considering we're yeah, talking about religion, thing, right? Yeah. And the arguments of religion. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And the theory of evolution is such a huge. Oh yeah. Oh, it's big. Yeah. So huge controversy. We were. Yeah. You go, <laughs> One go of our first issue. great conversations was deciding we should try to start a creation club together. Yeah. <laughs> A creation club. Because we were yeah. concerned Whoa. that you they were not. You guys wanted to create a creation club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, so there was, and I feel like most people don't understand why creationism is a thing. One, I think it's the original conspiracy theory, and I think without that, I think without the actual work that Ken Ham and those guys have done in our country, you wouldn't have this moment where... So, like climate change is dismissed, to science is yeah. dismissed. Ken I mean, Ham? I guess technically all religions are conspiracy theories. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Like the second you get two people in a room talking about their the reason everything is. Yeah, and I think perhaps more like someone finds an ancient text. That's the usual thing is even if with um, post-temple um, Jews, when they when they came back to Jerusalem, they found these ancient documents yeah. after being gone. Then they were like, oh, that's when Judaism, the way we think of it, is like founded in that like – Whoa, we need, we need to reclaim our culture, and but yeah, there's a conspiracy theory about like they may have given those texts, which a lot of them are just kind of like kings talking about how much how many how many people they killed in war, mm-hmm. and they're like this is from God and like instructive, and so um, I think maybe the same thing with like Jesus, and it was a weird thing. That, sorry, this is a small tangent, but there's a whole thing with J- Jesus was around eighty thirty, whether he was one person or an, an amalgamation of multiple messianic teachers that. Um, then Rome comes in and annihilates Jerusalem, like annihilates it in AD 70. And the first book of the Bible is written in like AD 90. And so you have this, they're looking back across the this trauma. The were first, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. the, of the New Testament, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you have this, it's the thing of a conspiracy theory. The, there have been different Judaic responses to Roman occupation. Many of them were violent, like the, the Maccabees and stuff. And then you had people like Jesus who were saying maybe the way to treat oppressors is to love them, like turn the other cheek, walk the extra mile. And you can see after a destruction, 
you'd be like, oh, we should listen to the peaceful guys, not the violent did, guys. Did you read Zealot? So it's a, yeah. Yeah, it's the, yeah, yeah. I thought it's, it's like the original what they said Martin Zealot. versus Maccabee X sort of situation. Yeah, what I I don't know what that means. What I, <laughs> what I uh, you know, it's uh, uh, Martin, lost, that was Martin Malkaby. What they said in Zealot was that he was actually a little more um, militant and maybe a little bit more um, pro-violence than they had thought, right? Well, and again, think about Jesus. He may not have even existed as a single person. Sure, I love that book. Um, if you, I like reading about Jesus because every single person writing it presents kind of just their like. And I think he even says in Zealot, like, by the way, I'm not going to say every chapter this is contested. Right? You know, it's crazy. But it was all contested. It's crazy yeah, to it's me because we're like not even sure, a hundred percent of us sure that Shakespeare existed. Right. Which right, was just right. like a few hundred years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, sure. And the guy personally wrote. 25 yeah. huge plays yeah, yeah. and then we're like but confident that Jesus Christ know, right? who wrote none of what we have yeah. was a real person and lived yeah. and it's like crazy to me that those two things can be well, it's yeah. true at the I'm, same time. The thing that was crazy when you read like Zealot is that I have been a Christian and, and studying this stuff for so long and I didn't even know that it was relatively common for Romans to, cruc- to crucify revolutionaries with the phrase, behold the king of the Jews. That was like a thing they did consistently. And they're like, oh, I didn't know that because you're kind of in this filter. Oh. Yeah. Because so it feels way more special. Like, Because mm-hmm. it, it felt, the way it's taught or sometimes it, it translates is that they've anointed him with that phrase. Right, right. They were mocking but, him, but it still felt like personal. a prophecy yeah. kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We knew he so, was a king. I'm curious. So how, how do you go from totally denying a lot of very basic science to being like, I'm going to embrace it and change yeah. my whole worldview. <laughs> how, how do you go from the creation how did, how does club? That well, right, yeah, so because I'm trying to think of how difficult yeah. it would be for, to go the other way. If I was like, <laughs> I'm going to deny science now and believe that science is a bunch of bullshit. Well, well, you don't start there. You start thinking, you start by thinking that the thing I was raised on was that scientists were a conspiracy where they were incentivized in these academic circles to lie about stuff. And so they would point out, for instance, flaws in radiocarbon dating. So whenever you – that kind of dating gives you like a pretty big spectrum of dates. Like mm-hmm. when you, And then, then you confirm the date by like looking at the soil it's in and kind of saying, okay, when when we think this is from. And so there's, there's a feedback loop, and they'd be like, that's circular reasoning. So you're saying uh. – you're picking the date. So it was all this – instead of presenting a cogent – view of our science it was like poking sometimes legitimate holes or pointing out things we don't know like i even do now i'm like we don't know how when you hear the story of how the first like cell with a nucleus formed it seems a little bit insane it only happened once and we all descend from that one cell so you're like i'm like as someone someone who's not a christian or just kind of a person who likes to ask questions i'm like that's really magical and interesting and i like saying i don't know but i was taught that anytime science didn't know an answer that was a hole in their theory um, There's proof that they couldn't know anything, and that they were lying because they sometimes sometimes people do kind of exaggerate how much scientists understand, and so that that I mean, maybe in the '90s especially there was a thing, but for Christians it's really important. And the thing I why why we even kind of want to start a Christian club was because it's very fundamental to the math of salvation Christianity. If there's a big question like how, why is the world so shitty? Like why is everything? Why is there rape and terrible things happening? And we are always taught, well, it's because of our sin. So God made a perfect world in the Garden of Eden, but he had to give human beings free will. Mm. And otherwise, you can't have a relationship. And then humans chose to eat that apple, and that allowed this death into the world. 
And the, then after that death came the fall and came sickness, disease, death. If you look at the fossil record and if you see cancer and disease and death going back billions of years. Or I guess, before humanity. Before humanity. Then there's death before sin, which means. And suffering before yeah, sin. Yeah. It means suffering can't be human's fault, which means cause then Christ's death, Christ is called the second Adam, the last Adam, is saying just as sin and death came through the world through the first Adam, so Christ, basically Jesus like took all our sin on himself. God is like angry at himself, which is strange, but God's angry at us and he in the Holy the Holy Spirit and the Trinity or whatever, Jesus can come atone for us. It's like, I'll take the hit for you. And that only makes sense if it's our fault, right? And so yeah. when we, we a lot of Christians I know would be like, well, yeah, we can accept evolution, like God used evolution. And I'm still like, if you only think of Jesus as like an inspirational figure, then fine. If you're a very liberal Christian, that's fine. But if you believe that Jesus' death on the cross was an atonement for sin, then evolution is a problem for you. It's a really big problem. And the fact that it's real means that something very fundamental to your faith is broken. And that's 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 why we were kind of like, I think we were thinking people and we were like, this will not, when, when, when our friends would be like, oh, I kind of believe in evolution. You're like, do you believe in Jesus? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, you can't live in both. Yeah, and so that that that's where we were. We're we were but you, so you started having doubts before Catherine, right? No, I don't think so. We went back right. and forth. I remember I I, I called you from like the, uh, forest fire the next summer. And What's this whole forest fire thing? It's my real life. It's my real life. Now, was it like a Christian forest fire? Like yes. you prayed at the fire and <laughs> yeah, yeah. shot Jesus beams well, out of your fingers? By the way, this, this is the weird thing for me is it would be. The most I valeted nightclubs in Chicago when I was there, and then I fought forest fires. They're both the least wholesome environments you can imagine. So I'd be in this very, you know, like very blue collar like work crews in yeah. one hand, and very like seeing a lot of people like yeah. peeing the sidewalk every night. Um, so fighting forest fires, good money, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, good, it's real good profitable. For me then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I would make like ten thousand in the summer. And what? I'd, yeah, damn. Yeah. That's it was really great. hard work. How many but... fires did you have to fight? You have to start some to make some money. I, 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 too. I, yeah, <laughs> you, you can go to prison, but otherwise, I think I was—I did it for three years. I probably was on eight or ten fires. What's your kill rate? One hundred percent. Damn, because <laughs> fires always wow. go out eventually. Yeah, they do. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but anyway, I remember one yeah. one fire. I called you, and you were—I felt like on the verge of just complete apostasy in my mind. <laughs> I was concerned for you. Yeah, I mean, since I was about fifteen, I my doubts were. A plague that I had to sort of figure out what to live with. How did you deal with but that? Yeah, I, I just assumed like the answers are still there somewhere, and if I'm hungry for truth, like I'll find them. So I'll just I trusted the people that taught me, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. the things I believed, and they seemed like smart, good, kind, and they were. They are smart, kind, good people. So I felt like okay, well I'll just keep searching. And but that yeah, my quest for truth sort of led me out. Well, <laughs> what did people get mad I, at you when you questioned? No, there, there's room for questioning. It's like there's an answer for it. And right. that's like, you know, faith is something that you have to sort of lean into. And Jesus doesn't ask us to see that whole you doubt, know, picture. That was part of the journey. Yeah, that was part of faith. Right can, can, I, can I ask, though, like, yeah. what are the, the, like, not just like the normal sort of like doubt, doubt, but those like capital, all capital letter doubts. How how did you find ways to live with that? I mean, how did you, did you compartmentalize or what did you do? No, I mean, I wrestled with them constantly. I would write. And, and it would kind of go in different seasons. So, I, but I would I would find comfort in this sort of 
personal relationship with God that I would find through music and through my yeah friendships with other people uh, and and like in theology there's some beautiful parts of the Bible and theology yeah. that about like um, being like you know opening the eyes of the blind and bringing you know uh, food for the hungry and being uh, you know, like a resting place for the weary and brokenhearted. I mean, this stuff yeah. moved me enough that I could sort of keep one eye closed when I was thinking about like, how does the Trinity work? And, and how, yeah, why yeah. would God be angry at himself? How can God have three parts of one? And how could he punish like, the wrath of God? Yeah. I, I had intellectual questions, um, especially as I started learning more about science <laughs> yeah. um, as an adult, but I, I felt like there's an answer. I just don't know it yet. So I'm going to just, and maybe I'll never know it. Maybe I have to just live with you know, so there, in a way, there's a humility to it that's like, I don't understand. Do you understand everything? Nobody knows how the world right. works, right? So we're just like, we're all fumbling we're, around here. And there... like, I know God's real. So I'll follow him and obey him and hope for the best. So I think there's a part of that. You just have to relinquish your ability to answer mm-hmm. questions. Was there shame associated with questioning? Like, did you, um, were you trying to push circles, it down? Yeah, yeah. in some circles. Not as much ours, I, I think, feel like. Yeah, I think there's a lot of surfacey Christian cultures that it's just like, yeah, it's so obvious, Jesus. But I do think we were attracted to the heartier kind of version of Christianity. Kind of like where, C.S. Lewis version. Yeah, of where now. people are really wrestling in the depths of, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, wrestling with suffering and wrestling with. Um, there's a trick the there, things. right? There's a trick to it where. When you're doubting, I think this is the most brilliant move. If you're ever a cult leader, I think you should use this. <laughs> Keep the, note this. Um, where, because it's like, Pastor, I'm like having like real doubts. I remember going to a professor having learned about something with the Holocaust. So I was writing about some of the really details of it. And I took this class called Violence and Grace in, in the novel. And there was, uh, I read Night, you know, by Vizelle. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't see any grace here. All I see is chaos. Like, I don't see. And she was like, I know. She's like, I don't, I don't know. And she's like, this, this is part of the spiritual journey. Uh, and so by she saying, makes the doubts part, part of, of the journey. The way yeah. To God. yeah, that's yeah. smart. And she was, and so I thought she'd be defending, and I was ready to be like, "You're wrong. Like, how dare you say God is glorified by this?" And she was right. like, "I don't know what to say to you, and I'm just, I'm lost too." Do you think you would have both found a, a apostasy and become apostates if you hadn't met each other? Would it have happened slower, or do you sort of need someone who to to sort of like be kind of pushing each other a little bit? Further down the path. If you've asked my mom, <laughs> <laughs> it's Sam's fault. <laughs> Although I didn't what, even get that joke and I laughed. <laughs> when, when I le- when I left the blamed, faith, she went further into it. Just that was the thing that happened later yeah, on. I was like you're not going to tell me how to think. I, I think for me, I was already a I'll person. Let them tell me how to think. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I was already a person that was. When I went to Bible college, I was not the person they they had this certain person they wanted you to be. It's kind of like wholesome Midwestern type, and I just wasn't. And so I think I I was already could tell. Every I, I had professors in college do this thing where I, I would challenge them in class on something, and they'd be like, "Sam's the only person here who's like thinking for himself, and you should pray for his eternal soul." Type yeah. thing. Yeah. But you I was called out. I was, I, I was like. <laughs> I was viewed as a dangerous person. So I think I would have. I don't know, though, because I also, without Catherine, I don't know, I, I was tempted. You guys, you guys know who like, Rob Bell is? Rob uh, Bell? No. He's, a, he's a kind of hipster Christian pastor. No. He's a very compassionate. Like, I think I would be, I'd have been tempted to try to become like a Rob Bell figure where I was this. Because there's a lot of like, it's easier to get famous 
in the Christian world than in the <laughs> yeah, this secular is the Eric world. Yeah, it's like getting famous success. in Canada. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think I could have been. Very t- I, I have a friend who won't call out on 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 the radio. It's not the radio. The pod. This is never going to be on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> but I have some friends who just I don't think believe at all. Right. But they become known for being Christian writers or Christian thinkers, and they're I think they're never going to admit to themselves what they fully think because they're way too incentivized not to be. So I think that wasn't helpful. But you would have cynically it. manipulated your faith into sort of a profitable career, is what you're saying. Yeah. Or just become like a like heroin addict. Okay. <laughs> I think one of those cool. two. Yeah, but I think people do that a lot. They use yeah. personal experience to to profit all the time. Yeah, 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 it's yeah like, of And it's not it's not considered a bad thing. Well, and I no, think no, a no. lot of us live in ways that aren't exactly consistent with our beliefs. I mean, climate change being you know a great example of like something we know is important, but do we? I live? use a bidet now, by the way. <laughs> so for consistent. We, we both use we bidets. both use bidets. Yeah, we both have the um, same bidet, but just, it's not the same bidet. I really want to quickly, if if you can, go back a little because. Uh, I, I want maybe if each of you can explain like how intense as in your childhood um, your religious community was and what that was like if that was stressful for a kid like what what your upbringing was like because I, I don't think a lot of people probably grew up in in the same circles as you guys. No, I definitely didn't. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in the opposite. Yeah, yeah. It was like a nice, was Jewish. Les- a nice lesbian neighborhood on the <laughs> north side of Chicago. Sounds so nice. Uh huh. It was yeah. very pleasant. <laughs> what- Women and Children's First Bookstore, great feminist bookstore <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah, down yeah. the street from yeah. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, my, I don't know, it's, it's hard. I have a really convoluted story, so I'll try to make it quick as far as, and really topical to this. Um, my my dad was an ex-heroin addict, and like, but he was, had gotten clean by the time I met my mom, and he, they were working, they fought forest fires together. This is the, the whole forest fire wow. thing. Wow. So my mom, my mom was from. My mother was a forest firefighter. I know. My, my mother, mother was yeah. a forest firefighter. <laughs> it's true. It's all about me trying to please my dad, which never works. Um, but my mom was like a kind of rich kid from Indiana and uh, Ohio, Indiana, and she was a pretty <laughs> radical environmentalist. And kind of had read like Silent Spring, and was like, "I hate being a human." And they both went. They met in the forest service, ended up buying property, and just kind of lived out in the woods, back to the land movement, and. Um, I think they're becoming disillusioned with the hippie movement of the 60s. It was kind of all the fallout, all the, like, you know, things were... I, I don't even know. The, 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 when the boomers were all between Woodstock and voting for George George H, H.W., like that time period, what, what happened there? But my parents kind of... I think we were just a little, little disillusioned. And again, my dad had always thought Christianity was just stupid. And then he found a Bible, or a friend gave him a Bible, and he read it and was like, oh, this is a little bit interesting. And then they were both just such radical people and just kind of prone towards... Uh, doing aggressive things, they ended up joining this like kind of cult. They were they were going to be missionaries to Mexico, and we went down to Texas and this mission training program. Wow. Um, and then uh, my mom got cancer, and they said the cancer was because of her lack of faith. And so we they we left, but like that, it was they were like we couldn't have a Christmas tree. There was a, they had no wedding rings. There's all these weird like rules in that cult, and then we left that. And my mom had terminal cancer. We moved up to Michigan, and she we had this pretty mainline evangelical experience. Went to this big mega church in Grand Rapids. She died three years later, and then Dad kind of just lost his shit and put us all in this car. We drove. He left the house full of stuff. My, my grandparents had bought us a house, and he just left the house full of stuff and just got in the car and drove. And then the car broke down, and he like got a ride back to town. 
bought a, bought a, bought our neighbor's car in cash and left the same day. He just like, he was just like, let's get the fuck wow. out of here with you guys, with us, four, yeah. kids, four kids and a dog in the station wagon, <laughs> and we drove across the country back to the cabin that they had built. Just now it's a very dilapidated kind of like Unabomber shack. You know, in the woods. And then, so then I was, we were in church. My dad always thought of it was like a prophet. Not like in a way that he would get words from God, but in a way that he was one who was willing to say the hard thing. And so he was very like, I'm a creationist. If the Bible says girls shouldn't speak in church, that's what we should, like really hardcore. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of raised by a wild man in the woods. So I, I was never someone in the church who was, Respected. Our family was always like, look, we're the weirdest people. And it, so when you say live in the woods, like literally live in the woods? Yeah, we had like no electricity, no running water. We like kept our milk and like tied by bailing twine, like a, a pit in the ground with like algae wow. in it, like to keep it cold. And there was like weird outhouse that my dad didn't put a door on the outhouse. And this is when like PlayStation was coming out. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is like, yeah. This is like. Yeah. Modern era. I was, You're not 150 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I, I, I was telling Catherine last night, I think the most traumatic moment of my childhood was being in Grand Rapids and Dad told me I couldn't keep any of my remote control cars because wow. it was just like there's no electricity, you know, and so it was just all my toys and stuff. So, um, But as far as the church goes, it's not hard to trace from that to why I was like doing drugs early. It was just always like I had, I had a really severe stutter and I was far like an outsider. And, but then I kind of got scared uh, and you know, I, I got some experiences high, and saw some of my friends. Things got kind of violent, got a lot of fights, and so I was kind of ripe towards conversion, reconversion later. Oh, you reconverted? Yeah. I mean, I was, I always believed, but it was like now I'm changing my life. Right. And uh, so then, late in high school, I reconverted and became like a, the sold out for Jesus kid in my my hometown. And I was like taught youth group, led worship, uh, you know, and. Uh, yeah, and so that kind of yeah. from there to Moody is pretty clear, but it was like I very, very much, very much not a member of like any one faith community. I was like, I was in Nazarene churches, I was in Baptist churches, I was right. in main. I just kind of, I, but my dad was a fundamentalist and unfortunate. And my dad has like I think one of the highest IQs I've ever met in my life. He just can devour books and retain information like crazy. And so when you're a kid, he's able to make arguments that seem really convincing. So I was learning about. Okay, for there's a problem with like uh, if the world's six thousand years old, then well, then the the light from the stars is like millions of years old, right? So like, how does that work? And so as a kid, I was reading these books by creationists saying that because God used like a white hole, like an inverse black hole, I guess a Big Bang. They don't use the word Big Bang, but since God used a Big Bang to create the universe, then the way the gravity well would work is that the light we're seeing is warped by the gravity well. To look colder than it is. So, like, I, I was learning about like really, relativity yeah. at a young age. So my dad was like hyper into educating us, but like I was trained as this little like go out and teach the world and go take down the like academics, you know, and that. So mm-hmm. forest fires, yeah, forest yeah. fires. Yeah, yeah. very relatable. What, yeah. what an incredibly relatable. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> what was your, what was your like community oh, like man. growing up, Catherine? So well, it's quite different. Yeah. I loved my childhood and my. Uh, I, like my faith community and my childhood were like totally one and the same, so it was very complicated. It is still is complicated to parse that. Um, I was born in Kenya because my parents were missionaries. My dad was fly- flying a small airplane, so he's like flying doctor missionaries around. 
Um, so he, yeah. yeah, so like growing up, he was like the Christian Indiana Jones in my mind. Of, like we got him an Indiana Jones hat. I mean, it was like that is a movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I've tried pitching it. No one wants to buy it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, we were super involved. Like I said, he was the principal of my Christian school. Right. So well, I mean, what which, makes Indiana Jones compelling is his devout faith in God. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. similar. Yeah. <laughs> well, but he does have a kind of like earnest radicalness to him that he's willing to like risk his life in a way that feels I don't know it's compelling you know mm-hmm. and uh, I think there was something about that that's like this version of Christianity is like we like when I was in college my parents were like you know what we've been praying about it we're gonna move to England <laughs> and so they just sold their house and like left all their friends and community and went to because he wanted to be in missions again and um, he'd been in Christian ministry in the States but so their, their whole life my whole childhood it was like about their radical devotion to this big kingdom cause and I, so I think for me that was so exciting and, and I think if you're an outsider or something you don't see it's just how good it feels to be part of this like I mean, I think it's probably, I don't know what it's like to be an AmeriCorps or <laughs> the military yeah. or any of these uh, things I have not experienced, but there's a there's an intense sense of, like, connection to anybody in the world who's in that kind of work. Yeah, the cause. So, like, yeah, missions feels like I would literally die for this. Some people do die for this. And that's very exciting because it feels like it matters. And then you feel like people who are bankers and, you know, comedians. <laughs> and yeah, you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> what are you doing with your life? And so you could – it just feels really meaningful and that's really connective. And so I just always felt like I was part of this huge tribe and all these – like, my, I went to a little Bible church my whole childhood, basically. And I felt like they, they all raised me. So I had, like, all these friends and all their parents and all the, you know, old people. Is, it, is, it, me. is it stressful to have the kind of the weight of religion on a child's mind? I think it's not stressful in a, in a, like a way that you know it's, it's happening. Well, because children you know? still, yeah. like the, the, with a child's lens, you would still see religion yeah, the same it's almost way you the opposite. see your, like your own mortality and yeah. life and death. Like you understand it intellectually, but the weight of experience has yet to ground it. For sure. Emotionally, right? I think it actually fits really well with a child's psyche. I think yeah. that's why it works yeah, so well because it's, it's like... Big, bright, bold, colorful yeah. ideas. Like, will I see grandma again? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, in heaven, of course. Oh, yeah. You know, will I see Which the is just puppy again? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and as a kid, you're like, okay, great. Hey, so this is Barry and Lucas. We want to talk to you about, uh, I would say, probably our favorite underwear yeah. that we've ever worn. I'm wearing it right now. I'm no no BS. I'm wearing them right yes. now. They're me, so comfortable. We got me undies um, in the mail yep. quickly, and uh, they are probably. You know, I lie a lot, but I'm not lying about this. The mo- they're so, the most comfortable underwear we've ever worn. I know Barry's lie face, and yeah. he's making his truth face right now. And they have a perfect satchel for your genitals, mm-hmm. which I love. Uh, they use micromodal fabric, which is a, a full three times softer than regular cotton. I couldn't believe how soft these things were. It's, it's crazy how soft they are. It's exactly the fabric you're going to want down there. Uh, and they, they put out... I, I, I went a little outrageous. I think that's one of the options online. You can order like an outrageous... Just mm-hmm. like a uh, style of undies. I got sharks. Uh-huh. Because they, they, they release all these uh, multiple fun prints that they release each month in matching socks and bralettes. So, uh, you yeah, know. it's for women, too. Yeah, I got some uh, really sweet ones with some, like, mushrooms on them, I think, and some other, like, kooky little designs. Uh, they're great. Uh, and uh, if you're in a relationship, you can even get a matching pair with your partner. Totally. So how about that? How's yes. that for a little love in the air? I will. I'll do it. Hanukkah's coming up soon, right? Hey. Hey. Is it always? Uh, so uh, MeUndies just launched a brand new membership. <laughs> you can level up your top drawer with new indies each month. New underwear. So you can do whatever you want to them. You're going to get a new pair. 
Um, MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners, for our listeners, for any first-time purchasers. Uh, when you purchase any MeUndies, you get 15% off and free shipping. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and uh, just to get 15% off your first pair, uh, free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash save the world. That's MeUndies.com slash save the world. That's right. Uh, hey, guys. Hey. Hey, this is Barry and Lucas from Saving the World, uh, and uh, we want to tell you about a brand new podcast on Starburns Audio. It's called Pen Pals with Daniel and Rory. Uh, they're both good friends of mine, Rory, maybe a little more. I like Daniel. It's just not <laughs> as close uh, as I am with Rory. Uh, on, their, on the show, comedians Rory Scovel and Daniel Van Kirk respond to letters sent in by you on any topic under the sun, from freeway etiquette to free will, from mental health to manatees. Um, Listeners, uh, you can submit letters via email, social media, and snail mail. The old way. Traditional. Uh, some letter writers seek advice, some vent, some are just, you know, like they're sharing some kooky, jokey, funny story they overheard at work. Yeah, um, like write in so, about your pet iguana, Larry. <laughs> you know, why not? Yeah, do it. Uh, Dan and Rory, they approach each letter with candor, levity, and sincerity. It's a comedy podcast, but it doesn't shy away from real topics. Why not get real, you know? Even yeah. if a letter is on a heavy subject, yeah. they use humor to work through it. Exactly. This is, um, well, this is a podcast. It's, uh, it's all about connecting with each other. Which is something, hey, we could all use an extra dose of in this day and age. And we try to right? do on our podcast. Yeah, we connect as we well. We should have them on. Yeah. I think, I think they're great. I think they're awesome. They should, uh, they're they both should, some of the funniest people. You're uh, close to one met. of them. Yeah. I forget which one. Yeah. Make sure you don't miss a single episode of the hilarious new podcast. Um, it is Saving the World Approved. So subscribe to Pen Pals on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, or wherever the hell you listen to podcasts. And then also subscribe to our podcast, Saving the World. Yeah. Barry Lucas, you should do that. Speaking of getting to know you guys, oh, yeah. a little late in the day. Yes, this is the best part. This is the best part. Forget uh, what we've been talking about this whole time. Yeah, this this honestly, is what we really want. If you've been want. paying attention, I feel sorry for you. Because <laughs> this is the only thing that matters. It's time for Lightning, Lightning Round! Sound effects. <laughs> Um, this is great, guys. You know you don't need to say sound effects. There's going to be a sound I hotly contest that. I dispute every okay. part of that. So, I know you guys are avid fans and listeners of the show, correct? I yeah. mean, so, for those of you episode. who aren't, um, Lightning Round is pretty simple. We're going to get to know you guys. And we have a new format that we're going to try out just right. on you guys. Um, the traditional format is we ask five questions. You have to wait till all five are asked. And then you have 30 seconds to answer all five. Honestly, mm-hmm. about Honestly, to learn a little bit the, about the you guys. The main thing is it has to be You don't to have to do truthful. it in order. Right. And you can ask for help, but once you ask for help, you aren't getting a point. Yeah, I'm just going to let you know no that. No points. But now we're doing it a little differently because we have two guests. So right. we we are going to... Um, I'm going to ask Catherine, and Lucas is going to ask Sam. So this is competitive, right. guys. Again, you right. have a so chance to get ahead. You can both get points. It's actually not competitive. Right now. You're just competing with yourself. <laughs> no, no, no. But, and also each other, probably. If you, can, if, you, if you can keep track of the score, it definitely feels like you're competing against yeah, each other. And just Sam, remember, all we ask is honesty and, yeah. and to get them all right. And uh, don't ask for help. You can, but try not to. If you ask, you can't ask Sam for help either. Right. Yeah, and Sam, you can't ask Catherine. This is a for room help. without help. Or God. Okay, guys, ready? Okay, Catherine, we're gonna go. For, I'm gonna go first. Yeah. I mean, usually you do. Okay, good. Catherine, you're first. You ready? 
Maybe. <laughs> All right. It's time for lightning, lightning round. round. Okay. Round one. Question one. Uh, you lived in Pittsburgh. <laughs> What's the thing you tell everyone about Pittsburgh to convince them it's not as bad as they think it is? You can't say museums or food. Two. <laughs> Who would you rather pick to go on a hike? A Jew, a Unitarian, a shaman, or one of those annoying, devout atheists who speak too loud at coffee shops? Three. <laughs> Who would you be? Way, who would you be more wary if your kids said they wanted to become ultra religious or get into comedy writing? Four, <laughs> gross fingers or gross toes? Be honest. Five, why even answer these questions? What's the point of any of this? Go. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, great bridges, a shaman. Oh wait, you, you, you can <laughs> oh, say what, yeah, which do? ones? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got it. You're doing, you're doing great. Just answer yeah. them? Just pop no, them you out? Just, you can pop them out. We can figure out the question. The 30 <laughs> seconds is loose, so, so here we go. Okay. So I just say the answers. And they don't have to be in any order. You can say the questions that you're answering, too. Okay. But you don't have to. I wouldn't to. prefer... <laughs> it might trip you up <laughs> to try to remember toes? the questions. I, the gross toes are worse. Um, really? I, I don't disagree. know. I mean, they're both bad, let's yeah. be honest. Um, kids, I'd rather them be into comedy than religion. Mm. Serious religion. Chaos, why? Uh, I've been there, done that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, fair, fair. You've also been there with comedy writing. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Am I a comedy writer? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. All right. Oh, so no. Is that three? Is that that's, three? That's two. Well, Shaman Bridges about Pittsburgh. And the toes, I right? like yellow bridges. Bridges. Oh, okay. That's a good one. Uh, and then I'd rather go on a walk with a shaman or hike. Why? Uh, I don't know. They're Mushrooms. Plants. They're in better shape. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, no, I don't remember what the other one there was. There was one. Though. One more. If you get help, you're not going to get a point. There was one more, though. Oh, yeah. It's you're already really, doing it's better really, than most people it, do. Uh, <laughs> it's the biggest question of them all. Yeah. Oh, the point of it. I don't... It's fun? Oh, <laughs> hey, she, she, she almost hey, said on yeah, there was yeah. a point. She almost insulted you on your own podcast. So that's the point of all of this. Yeah, the is point of all of this is the point. Yeah. The, the royal, she, the big all of this. Is she? Does she get a point? I'm going to give her a full point. Wow. I don't usually do Catherine, this. That's amazing. Wow. I usually can poke holes in and this, but I think that was seamless. It, it didn't feel like you strained at all. That was pretty yeah, incredible. It was pretty great. And I really had some gotchas in there. I just want to say I think gross fingers is worse because you see them more often. But that's fine. We can go with gloves. <laughs> what about mittens? Who wears mittens? Uh, people with gross fingers. <laughs> oh, yeah? What's worse, wearing Two mittens or having mitts. gross fingers? Well, if you mitts. wear mittens, imagine how gross your fingers would be, like in the mitten. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, there's sure, slimy mittens. It doesn't, it doesn't breathe yeah, as great. You switch out mittens. Yeah. Okay. Uh, switch mittens. You'd have, like, you know, multiple pairs of mittens for the day. <laughs> All right. You'd have your breakfast mittens, your lunch mittens, your dinner mittens, maybe an aperitif mitten. You, you, you can't eat ribs? No. You could eat ribs. You can't eat ribs. You'd you just, you need holders. Yeah. It's actually easier to eat ribs. If, yeah. Yeah, you just have to have your wipe your hands. You'd use your rib mittens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is so you have uh, one. We have uh, Sam has half a point. Half a point, Sam. You've you have dropped to one full last point. place. So last you place. are in you are in first place right now. <laughs> yeah, that Catherine, feels good. Sit, feels doing really better good. than most guests have <laughs> ever done. It feels good to me too. <laughs> yeah, you guys are clearly have succeeded at couples therapy. You seem happy for each other. There's no sort of petty pressures. This is really inspiring stuff. Uh, Sam, are you ready to yeah, get ahead of sure, your wife here? Sure, sure. <laughs> Leave your wife in the dust with lightning round. Round two. two. All right. Uh, Fight. You've been deconverted and reconverted. Uh, one, overall, in your opinion, is it easier to lose God or find God? Two, what was the thing about Christianity that confused you the most? Three, why specifically does God hate masturbation? Four, <laughs> can you have fun at church? Explain. Five, you're a parent. What do you tell your kids about God? You're you're a parent or a parent? <laughs> I mean, apparently you're a parent. <laughs> Thank God. 
Okay. okay. Uh, All right. Welcome back. Here Sam. we go. Welcome back. <laughs> um, as a parent, I uh, want my kids to tell me what they think about God, um, and then and then and then do you tell them they're wrong? No, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I tell them what, what I. I ask them if they want to know what I think, and if they do, then it's, it's, it's been a whole. It's tricky. It's okay. tricky, but I really, I really do want to both give them room, but also not be so hands off that they're converted to some shitty thing. Yeah. Um, God hates masturbating because the, be specific. the 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 there's an idea that only through human sexual union un, under marriage can we be whole because it's like Christ in the church. It's a whole spiritual metaphor there. So as a, you're, you're like denying your, your potential to, to be like God. Well, every it. time you masturbate, you get to have sex one less time exactly. before you die. Exactly. I heard they uh, pre-sca- I'm, I'm not going to throw you off. I'll, I'll wait for after. It's a clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a clock. Um, the thing that confused me most about Christianity was why when you do something good, God gets credit, and when you do something bad, you get credit. Oh. Um, God, now I forget other things. Uh, no prayers, please. Um, How many did he get? Three? He's gotten three. You There's get two, two more. more. Um, it's easier to lose God because it's just relaxing to, f- to find out you're not possibly going to hell. Like, oh, God, it's nice. Like, so the uh, idea of no heaven is better than definite hell. Yeah. Okay. Definite hell. I would easily definite choose. Hell. Like, Liam Neeson. <laughs> You're a monster if you choose your personal heaven at the cost of the majority of humans' hell, right? It's like, that's monstrous. Wait, and say that again? If you say, I want to go to, if, if you could choose a world where you all just die at the end of it, or a small percent get to go to heaven while the rest are tortured for eternity, like uh, you're a monster for choosing. Yeah. yeah. It's Honestly, choosing yeah. nothing over negative. Yeah. 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 A mass negative. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what the, the other one was. Oh, this one's, this one's this a is, good one. It's a fun one. This is your chance one. to go ahead of your wife it's here. It's a fun one. <laughs> okay. This uh, question. No, oh, do that. No, is it possible yeah, to have fun in church? I, 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 I got it. I got it. I got it. I didn't make you do that. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I didn't do anything. I just said it's a fun question. It's fun. Which all of my There's a certain level of flirtation with girls in church in high school that can be fun. Catherine, do you agree? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what was the question? Can you have, can you have, can you have fun in church? Oh. Explain. So yeah, it's, of course you can. I don't know. I've never had fun in church. By the way, I, I was so relieved. I'm Jewish. When I stopped leaving, my first thing was like, I don't have a good church anymore. Like, thank God. Oh. Right? Sundays. Wow. I, I so you got it all. So where, are yeah. you going to give him a point? I, I don't want to... I mean, I, I I believe in the rules that you know have been created Up for the lightning you, round. This is your game. You know, I'm a real fundamentalist <laughs> when it comes to the lightning round. Uh, so I'm going to give you a point. Hey, hey. You got all five questions. Hey. All right. And uh, I gave essentially the same amount of help to Catherine that I gave to you. With the, it's the biggest question oh, of yeah. them all. That's true. It's a fun that question. So in the spirit of fairness, Sam, you're in the lead right. now. The lead. Catherine, you're super behind. <laughs> My sorry. dad's very happy that I'm now the leader again. Yeah. It's like, We're all makes, more can I possibly that. take a point away from you, Lucas, for, for <laughs> you, what you did? I mean, you, you possibly know what you can. <laughs> I always know what I did. Um, okay, so to, we're talking about... Uh, we're back. We're back yeah. with Sam and Catherine. Yo, Sam you're and Catherine. You're in the Pizza Hut. I don't hey, know that welcome is. to the Hut of Pizza. <laughs> um, I like Pizza Hut. So yes, mo- moving mean, forward now. So <laughs> I, mean, I missed the salad bar Pizza Hut. Oh, it was the best. Yeah. You were allowed to go to Pizza Hut? You, can you imagine so how many? Living in the so, woods? No, it was like, like once every three years. It was so great. How many <laughs> epidemics do you think the salad bars at Pizza Huts have caused? Like how I know many? one. Yeah, but... Worth it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's like when people were still lining up at Chipotle as people were dying. <laughs> like, just like, sign oh, me up. yeah, the hysteria hysteria. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hysteria. Um, it wasn't hysteria. People were dying. Yeah, it was hysteria. <laughs> I um, didn't die. I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love I'm, Chipotle. None of my burritos, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Why would my burrito have it? That's crazy. It's my burrito. Um, so maybe tell us, what are what are some of the, uh, the things that you didn't expect to happen when you decided to leave? And how was that process of leaving? The religion. The hugest one. Yeah. I, I just assumed, like Sam was saying, a lot of the good parts of me were from God and the bad parts were me. Mm-hmm. And so even though I was sort of gradually finding that didn't hold up intellectually, I still sort of deeply felt it was true. Um, and so there was this relief to feel like, oh, I still really want to care about people and the orphans in the world and, the, you know, like the, the things I love in myself, my compassion and my desire to help people and all, all those things that I really felt like were just God in me. They were still there as much as ever. Um, and in some ways they felt sort of uh, liberated to like, oh, yeah, this is a part of me. And I didn't feel as sh- like the, the bad parts. I just felt like I have a better explanation for. Mm-hmm. So there's less shame. There's more just like, OK, how do I like work around this <laughs> yeah. annoying, wow. you know, habit of mine or mindset or, you know, and so it, it was I, I don't know. I was really scared that I would become a terrible person. Yeah. Even though was, was, was there like a coming out? Yeah. Was there like yeah. a day? Parents was, <laughs> it was there like, like oh a few yeah. Months Do you have ago. a phone call? <laughs> she had yeah. just came out. Yeah. Really? Yeah. How was I, that? Well, your documentary what was, that, what was, was incredible. Like? Yeah. It was really terrifying. It was really moving. It was really yeah. terrifying. Thank you. Um, well, I came out to my mom because she asked me point blank, and my plan had been like, it's going to be too painful for them. My parents are work at a missions organization. This is a very important part of their life. Yeah, your dad, Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. the Christian, you know, missionary. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Indiana Jones. So I just uh-huh. I didn't want to put that on them. I felt like you know that's not for the, I don't I don't want to hurt them. Um, so you had to lie for a little while. Well, no, I, I'm terrible at lying. So uh-huh. then when they I was like if they don't, if they don't ask me then we'll just I don't know what I was thinking would happen. <laughs> yeah. I was like I'll wait till they retire and then right. but then my mom asked me point blank how's your faith and I was like it's gone. <laughs> so we had a whole it's long not. conversation. <laughs> yeah. There is no more. So that was really hard and and she definitely cried a lot and I think there was a lot of fasting after that probably maybe it still is I don't know. Um, yeah, so that was really hard. Um, and then yeah, I guess each person depending on how close they were to me and knowing how much it would sort of rock their world to have to either kind of think of me differently or think of their own faith differently right um and again i just didn't want to put that on other people but i've had to come to terms with like oh they're choosing to live in this belief system that forces them to choose between kind of how they see their faith and how they see me that's not my putting them there because i feel really guilty about that i you know i was a youth leader i was a mentor i was a ra at moody i was you know a Worship leader, I wrote worship songs that people were still singing. You thought you were letting them down. You were like captain of the God team. Uh, Yeah, well, princess. I couldn't be a captain because I was (laughs) I was a woman, so I needed to be a wife and a mother. But. But yeah, a good yeah, yeah, a captain's yeah. wife. That was my aim. <laughs> Did it almost feel like totally failed at that? Uh-huh. <laughs> like when you tell people about, it, is it is it almost in a little way like telling someone you're vegan at a restaurant where they're like, <laughs> "What are you saying? I'm bad?" Like for for you because you figured this out. Exactly. Yeah. There's an inherent judgment. People are like. I think they pull back because they're they like, think you must you're think judging I'm an idiot. them. Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. it's more like you're a vegan and you tell your vegan friend you're eating meat now. <laughs> no, because I don't think vegans feel like you're judging them for if you eat meat. 
You're just I think I think morally if, if, you're, if you say you're you. vegan, you think you're judging the meat eaters. Yeah, it goes both yeah. ways. They definitely judge you, and that's painful. Like yeah. my my friends who I think the are meat eaters feel way more defensive than vegans yeah. do in that situation, yeah. just because yeah. like you're the ones that are still like it's weird for the meat eater to be hanging out with a bunch of vegans. <laughs> oh yeah, But I think the meat eaters in general feel more insecure around a vegan. Right, right. You're gonna right. be one vegan yeah. in a crew of meat eaters, and everybody gets real tense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you, Sam? Was there like a, a coming out moment for you? Yeah, it, there there was. Actually, when I was running Downward Dog, the first draft of Downward Dog, um, I had not come as a Christian for a while before that. But I I went in this um, run, and I was like, I, I, I like run every six months for three months and lose weight, and then I gain it back. It's a really fun <laughs> thing I do. But I was feeling really like terrible and fat. And it was like, I was always like, these moments of vulnerability, and you're just, like feeling bad about yourself that maybe there's potential for, for for breakthrough in these moments yeah that's true i don't know why that yeah, is that right? happens to me too yeah. and and i was i r- ran down to the ocean and then it was this moment where i was just kind of thinking about is there like a magical thing behind this and i don't know the answer wow, you that. had a come a coming out moment the staring at the ocean but it's like kind of, the bachelor it's like a know. come <laughs> to jesus but it's more like a run from jesus was the sun hitting your face well no yeah it yeah. was it was it was sunset actually yes and and but it was there's was this idea in my head that was like what if the ocean just made me because the ocean is so like blind and i think about the how i'd always imagined the creator god is this loving compassionate kind of crafting you you know and like um which has problems we can dissect later like and your dad's gonna do this to you it's yeah. gonna be, um but <laughs> jesus <laughs> there's bad hand motions playing a very small piano which is terrifying <laughs> but the uh-huh. um and offensive but the uh the idea of the, of the kind of blind ocean making us and not caring what we do or or when we die and i felt like okay if as a thought experiment because i still i still can't know that's true right i i i try to almost are pretty open to other possibilities but if that is true that's a thought experiment the ocean made us and doesn't care whatever happens then i just thought what would that mean and it was like well it, can, it means that i can do whatever i want and like i kind of said i've been trained to think well what, what i want to do is be selfish and terrible and horrible and i was like well i kind of want to write good stuff and i want to like be a good dad i want to be a good husband have good experiences and there's this whole just freeing feeling of like oh like i stepped out into this much broader world of intellectual query where i now don't feel like i have this team i have to defend but actually the other thing i was thinking when you asked this question originally was about how one of the hard things about it, and this they've actually done studies about this, people who lose their faith are much more aware of how you can get tricked into believing shitty beliefs just because your team believes it. And so I find for us now, sometimes we feel like people with no country because we, one, we come from this very conservative background and we're... No so you can see believe. bullshit more than others. Yeah, but yeah. like we we're not on their team and we don't believe what they believe. But then when people on our team, like the kind of left liberal team, are talking about the bad people, we don't have that that privilege of being like, oh, they're just monsters. Like, oh, it's more complicated than that. Yeah. They're people and, you know. They're yeah. your friends and family. Yeah. And, and you just see how anybody can be part of that. And so I think there's a sense in which we feel a little bit sometimes 
like it's fun to be part of a team, <laughs> like to be like, yeah, and we're the good ones and they're the bad ones. And for us, we feel always like uh, we're it's all... better to have an answer than more questions. Yeah, and I, feel, yeah. I feel I think it's always like, yeah. oh, it's complicated, or like, oh, yeah. I'm not so sure I'll go all the way there with you and that kind of thing. So that's we, been the hard part. We of had it. other guests on recently who were um, first generation immigrants, and they spoke of sort of like being people without a country too, mm-hmm. or sort of like stuck in the space between. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, it, do you find that, but they found community with other like first generation immigrants or people with that is there like a tribe of people who like have left their faith yeah, and definitely. do you guys do you guys find each other do you seek each other out <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. I mean whether it's starting to sing DC talk songs or <laughs> there's there's like this camaraderie of people who were in this like weird world together and have left that yeah. is very special is there special. like a Facebook page <laughs> is there a church yeah, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> we start thought it's funny like, like just the other night I was meeting this producer uh, she's a commercial pr- a rep, I think, and oh, it was my friend. name drop. No, I don't know. Her no, name I, is Commercial. Commercial rep. Commercial rep, yeah. It's great. And like, she was like, you know, you know like, certain people in LA are just so cool. They're like the coolest oh, yeah. house in the record collection. I know. And then like, she mentioned like Amy Grant, and I was like, were you a Christian? She was like, I was. Who's Amy Grant? This Christian singer, but there's, oh. there's a whole other topic about going to have getting, but like, Christians created a whole separate version world where like if you're listening to like Pearl Jam they had Third Day a guy who sounded a lot like Eddie Vedder whoa <laughs> seriously and there was like you had Nirvana or Audio Adrenaline and yeah, you had like DC Talk you had this whole, this whole like, Christian movies are there like bands oh, movies yeah. bands yeah the whole thing whoa they, we had like different radio shows like a Christian Finding Nemo cartoons yeah it was called McGee and Me McGee and Me it really feels like a parallel universe you know what I mean where like they've created a casino without you know windows or clocks and everywhere you turn is just a door that leads to more casinos well, because they're uh, speaking as a gambler. Yeah. 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 No, um, yeah, no, hey, man. no, yeah, I'm fine, man. I'm, um, but uh, it just seems like they, they, they created this whole universe where you never would not encounter Christ or, or reinforcement of Christ. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. that happened, the, a lot of that happened post 60s. So there was like this, it was kind of interesting as we're researching some of this stuff about how during the like women's liberation movement and stuff, most Christians back then weren't part of the conservative right. I mean, this really wasn't the case. It was it shifted, yeah, shifted, and it happened after I think people maybe like had de- different experiences with drugs. Or I, I actually want to know more about why that shift started to happen. I once read that it be, during Reagan, it became a special interest group more. It they did. embraced the right, embraced them as a special interest. It group did, more. yeah. They embraced them and they recognized them. There, but then it wasn't until. Bill Clinton's um, presidency that the Christian right was able to coalesce around. It's like, in a way, like, how do you get Wall Street bros and people who believe in Jesus to be on the same team? Because if anything, Jesus was like pro-sex worker. Like, he was always like very pro-woman for his time. Very, uh, like, give the poor person the head of the table, kick the rich man out onto the street. Mm -hmm. Like, super non-Republican. Yeah. It's like, this is not, this is not... This wasn't going to happen naturally, but Bill Clinton was a character that because of – and I think actually legitimately now you look back, you're like, oh, he was really shitty. He was doing some really shitty things like with women. You know what I mean? I think there was a way that they has capitalized on that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, were able to unite. And, but anyway, the midterms after Bill Clinton was elected was the first time the Christian right 
voted 75% was the moral majority with Newt Gingrich yep and then now we're looking like 85 and 90% voting as a block you know my my theory is I mean not theory but I think it's all tied to the southern strategy in the 60s with Reagan and like the slow like the one thing that you could get all these southern democrats turned was just hating black people and so they used race and abortion mainly to sort of like it was was abortion for us more than it was abortion we we thought it was like people underestimate the power of abortion and they Mm -hmm. actually don't I think there's a sense on the left that people think that the Abortion was a like disingenuous thing you would say you to hide really your real beliefs, yeah. but that wasn't the case. Well, because I mean, it's hard. I think if you grow up in a, in a pro-choice world, right, it is very abortion doesn't seem like as serious a thing. Just right, because it isn't. It's right. a serious thing, but it's a serious thing in a way that like right. a serious surgery is serious. Yeah, um, but it's not serious in the way that people who are pro-life see abortion. Yeah, it's like a holocaust. For, yeah. Yeah. for the right. Yeah, we yeah. were taught it was, and that's where they can do the thing with Donald Trump. Is say, God can use an evil man for His will, and that's where they are with it. Is to say, like, the, it, again, like, it's a mental experiment. Imagine that you grew up believing that there was a Holocaust happening. Like, instead of abortion, imagine it's like, you know, they're killing this massive group of people and, and the Jews, the Jews, Jews, six million. Let's just say six million. Let's just imagine as a fictional argument. Fictional argument. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I was just, I, well, it's weird because I was just reading how in China they're doing these. Death camps. So, yeah, yeah, right. That's so, pretty crazy. But so anyway, and no one's talking about it, or they're saying it's okay. Yeah. Then you're like, well, nothing else matters. Like, if the climate's gonna, if we're gonna push back working on climate change for twenty years, fine. If we're gonna, if we're gonna have to like get on board with some policies about taxes, whatever. It's a, it's a, it's a spiritual war, and they think they're engaged against forces of darkness. And that's one really compelling as a kid. You're like, yeah. we're engaged in a war with spiritual blind, spiritually blind people who have been like brought in by this evil satanic influence. And so I do think there's um, race like is sexy. A, race is definitely yeah. Yeah. part of it, but it wasn't part of my experience. Like my dad, when he was ranting, but he was ranting about all this stuff. It was never about race. Not that it doesn't play part of it, mm-hmm. but it was about abortion. It was about women's liberation it was about evolution these were like the things that they viewed as centrally uh undermining the christian worldview well you were still a believer when the child abuse stuff started coming out right Mm -hmm. it was there is that even on people's radar or was that just like nah let's not think about it was 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 mostly catholic it was was mostly catholics they're like yeah yeah. they're the uh, woman who rides the beast in revelation yeah they're like corrupt (laughs) yeah like that's what we thought of them it was like they were lesser they're lesser catholics they were corrupt they're not in the same community as you yeah and again they don't have this same me and Jesus experience is much more about the, the authority of the church. We'd be like, well, yeah, when you put the authority in men, men are corrupt and going to do that. Is that how you would also reconcile like evangelical scandals? Because those seem to be coming out like every six months for a while. Like, well, you know, a, the, the various mega church like, pastors who would like be like, you know, doing meth and like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, and that would always be devastating, but there, it fits in the narrative that like sin nature and temptation. And so they were weak. So yeah, or yeah. yeah, or somehow like pretending to be yeah. real Christians, but they weren't really. Yeah. Their faith wasn't real. So you could just sort of yeah. dismiss it and then carry on. And we were suspicious of this. Like we were not the people who would have been like, when when, when we as Christians would look at these mega pastors before us, we'd be like, how is this part of Jesus's ministry? Like you're rich, you're powerful. Like Jesus taught this whole other way of faith, and so we are much more prone to like people who are in small communities doing like social work with the community and like, loving the poor and being present with them. And that's a big strain of evangelicalism. But then, so to me, all the people in the churches are like, oh, you're nominal, you're spiritually not educated, you're being, this man's obviously a, like a powerful 
they're ex CEOs. They're, I, I, I would question them in their faith. You know, the but it's, it's interesting because yeah. I know evangelicals, very conservative ones now, who are just absolutely destroyed by this news coming yeah. out about you know the latest wave of a thousand people. Yeah. It feels like it, it feels like structural. Like yeah, yeah structural. but for them, they're just like. Uh, Lord have mercy. Yeah. Like we need more Jesus. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. I this think is a, this is a good segue to a question I had earlier too, which is you, you explained that there, it's never really as clear as like getting in there and being like, now I'm going to hate gays. Yeah, right. Yeah. That happens slowly. I guess now that you're you've seen both sides, what would you say? I guess this is a hard question, but what would you say is like the biggest problem with organized religion in your eyes? That if you had to fix organized religion, like how does it go from something that seems really helpful and really cathartic and awesome and then get have all you know where where do the problems start it's not true <laughs> yeah. i mean but you could but you, yeah, you know right, you, right, could, right. you could believe stories and you could find faith uh, but this, in this, stories no, but, but like what is the... this is where but i i do mean that where i'm like i think this is where this is why i have a little bit of like rants about people who get oh, i shouldn't even say that i feel nervous to say that loud i'm just gonna be honest like when people get really into like astrology I get. I'm like, Ooh, right? whoa, whoa, whoa! I get. A, I get a little bit like Wait this. A, this isn't. I get just as upset about astronomy. Yeah, astronomy. <laughs> but like, I'm like, I'm like bullshit stars. I, I gotta get the I, way about I, astro. I think when I, I think whenever truth becomes the like, Houston Astros, I've never yeah. been angrier. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Continue. No, I think whenever you're just okay with buying bullshit, you kind of know is bullshit. For just your own person, then you're open to spiritual abuse. These things that can happen, like whenever the community is already saying we're kind of just making it up, and there's no system in place to disprove it, to disprove it. So I don't think that like I'm not like a naturalist or like a materialist, but I think that whenever you have a you have a, a perspective on the world which is defining your actions, and there's no mechanism to disprove that or change your worldview, I think at that point you're Either you're going to be, right? become an abuser or you're going to become abused really easily. And I think it happens you, – you can look at like – it doesn't have to be these patriarchal systems. It can also be like the Rajneeshi. Like you look at how these things start to like corrupt in some ways. And so to me, that's having – wanting to have a handle on truth is hard. But – Whenever you're kind of like choosing team over truth, I think that's that's when things go wrong. That's my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. I think being open to being wrong is a fundamentally healthy thing. And like, I know there's people huh. who are yeah, there are true. religions who there's room for that. Like, yeah. I think liberal, many versions of liberal, you know, whether it's Judaism or Christianity, or yeah. I know, you know, I think even the Dalai Lama is kind of like, what are we learning about the brain, and what does that tell us that about what we've been wrong about? Cool, mm-hmm. let's adapt. You know, and mm-hmm. I think anything that is willing to be corrected, there's room for growth and healing and you know, you can sort of look at it and instead of in just pushing the answers on to the problem, really ask. Okay, From a power structure, know. too. Yeah. That's yeah. a weird thing. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it's hard. So, yeah, the uh, papal infallibility is probably not going to be too, too yeah. helpful for yeah. that. Right. Yeah. Like, Although the Pope um, seems more open than, he, you know, well, yeah, than you would expect. He's a good Pope. I, I, well, this is a good pope. <laughs> he seems like, like a young Pope. He, he's, a, he's a pretty good Pope, for sure. For a Pope, But yeah. I think, you know, I, 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 they're all aware of when papal infallibility started, which is something yeah. in the 19th century. Yeah. Like, yeah, Popes are around for millennia before they suddenly yeah. decided they could never be wrong. Yeah. So, is there, uh, is there... I'm sure there's some <laughs> element within the church that is aware of that and probably wouldn't mind getting back to it. Yeah. Uh, is there a thing we, we mentioned before about like hallucinogenics? And I, I now think this is a valid path of exploring the universe. Um, 
as is meditation, as is worship and stuff, right? Talk to me, brother. Talk so, to me. But then my thing is when... I'll take this. Is no, that, is that when, is that when I... Okay, so, 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 so I'm somebody that's wanting to have this guided experience, right? Mm-hmm. But it seems like so many people who I could go to to guide me on the experience want me to buy into some package deal. Yes. Right? And uh, like, yeah, I, I that's find very I'm true. just as resistant. That's why I've never Similar done with like acting ayahuasca classes. ceremonies because I don't want to be led down a, like a practice. I don't want to buy your bullshit. I don't want to have to believe what you believe in order to experience this thing right. that I think exists separate. Yeah. It's like you were just, you were like holding on to it with like a, an iron grip and not letting people have their own experience. The whole thing is to open up, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. why, why are you making me do, also I get really uncomfortable when I'm doing like Native American rituals. I'm like, you're not, I don't want to, like, I'm not, like, I don't want to, like, use this people's religion. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, all that stuff makes me really uncomfortable. Also, like, I don't believe it tomorrow. I don't believe it before today. Like, why am I suddenly, like, just to, to you know, like, it feels weirdly, like, culty for a second. Yeah. And just, like, against everything I normally don't participate in. We mm-hmm. make a lot of money by doing, like, well, one, one, I think you guys would be great guides. <laughs> and, and I think, like... I know I would pay more money than I should. Just, just, just Listen, know man, we'll talk. We'll talk. Uh, <laughs> let's do it. I'm so ready. You don't, don't got to pay me, man, but I'll get you No, but I mean, like, I'll take but care I, of it. You might... have to subscribe to my uh, pamphlets, though. Yeah, you have, to, you have to rate and review every episode of our podcast, <laughs> and that would be But, but, but isn't there, yeah. like, a need for, as people, I know for me now, and we talk about this a lot, like, we had this way of meeting spiritual needs. As a secular person, there's a desire to like go out yeah. and do hallucinogenic things to have. You need magic. Yeah. You need magic to some degree in well, your we, life. But we don't have to do the bullshit with the magic. Can we but separate? We, yeah, them? but the ma- the magic can be an actual legitimate experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, that you have chemically or that is induced, uh, you know, through meditation or whatever. But it doesn't have to come pa- prepackaged with a bunch of bullshit, like yeah. you said. Like you should be able to. We need come nonlinear to thinking. Terms. Yeah. I think too. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really important to have. Yeah, like lateral space and just yeah. like just some some sort of like yeah nonlinear abstract uh, experiences. Yeah. Um, so we ask all of our guests. Well, oh, will, do you have one more question? I have one more. Oh yeah, let's quick do it. Question. Before, Wait. Well, we're gonna then, have you get this is get this ready, is the guys. final question before the final one. question. Okay. All right. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is that? Yeah, uh, do you have anything you would say to people who are still? In their faith, uh, or or and and this is the other it's like slash question. Sam just um, sat up straight. Would, <laughs> like, you, would you have oh any? Boy. Would you have like oh any boy. advice to people like for how to be more alert to the own bullshit in their own lives? Mm. Like, is there a way to get your spidey sense tingling? Like, is there a way to be more attentive to like, hey, maybe I should question my own beliefs mm. a little bit more? Do you want to take the first half? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, come on, be third wave, uh, right, Sam. Be third oh wave. <laughs> I just want to own what I just did. Fourth wave, are we post third? I don't know. You can, you um, can mansplain it to her after she's done. We're post third. I was asking an open to question. I'll take the first one. I think for people who are still in it, I which I don't know how many of them listen to your podcast, but hopefully a few of them, millions of those of those evangelicals find your podcast. Yeah, I mean, what we were saying about just being curious and not being afraid of truth, I feel like at some point if you're afraid of truth, then you don't actually believe anyway. So it's really low stakes. Just, like, ask the questions, read the books, like, let yourself um, yeah, do, confront be the honest. Answers. Yeah, and, and be okay with not having answers and, and be okay with the fact that you don't know where you're going to end up, but it will be okay and that it's a, it's a good – like, for me, I kind of had to come to terms with early in it. Like, if I really love Jesus, I have to sort of pursue – the, these eight questions because otherwise I'm just like pr- 
pretending I believe he's true, but I'm afraid to ask because I know he's not true. They're not real. And so that to me, that was a part of my faith, and it let me out. <laughs> but it, I don't think it always will. I think there's people who have questions who yeah. stay in, and that's valid too. But I think just not to live in fear, um, but to try to walk in love and truth yeah. and grace for themselves and for me who left. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for themselves if they stay, you know, just, yeah. Yeah, no matter what banner you stand behind, fear is never a good yeah. way to go about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, is, it, it was so stressful to have doubts as a Christian because so much of your community and your self-worth is tied into this. And it's been so nice on the outside n- not doubting the fact that I don't know. You know, you're like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I, th- certain things might compel me one day. Like, oh, maybe it's a simulation but i don't have any stakes in that it's like it's like mm-hmm. okay i'd be happy to be wrong uncertainty know? is kind of more stable ground in some ways yeah 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 and i it's i think i think the on the back half of the question we the thing are the part of why homo sapiens came became dominant is our ability to believe bullshit it's our ability to work in big groups that believe bullshit and so we have to know we are all we misremember the past. Our brains are not accurate. And we tend to want to increasingly demonize the outsider and increasingly deify the inside. And so the, the hardest part is to stay in relationship with people who are, who are unlike us. And I know for us, a huge factor in us leaving the faith was becoming really close to a couple. They're Germans, and they're, he was a philosopher. And um, was she, was she, she was a writer too, wasn't she? I don't know. I forget. Um, the uh, but they their way they lived their life was so beautiful and so respectful, and uh, they were such good people that when we could see in their life this different way, it made us like, oh, if whether or not we stay Christians or not, we won't become the kind of. You think you're afraid of becoming you know those guys on YouTube with the kind of like atheist nerds, just like the the, the worst people. That's what oh, I yeah, said. The like, guys uh, speak Dawkins. too loudly at coffee yeah. shops. Yeah, Richard yeah. Dawkins, yeah. the worst person. Yeah, yeah. and so you're like, oh, here's like a he's a beautiful couple who's living a holistic moral life, and you're like, oh, that's relaxing. And I think that as Christians, we are very disincentivized to be deep friends with people who are not in the faith. And I think yeah. for us. It's important to be able to have the strength internally to be like, when I talk to like a, <laughs> the LA thing, like, the Uber driver, I hate that. But, um, <laughs> it's so fucking loaded to me. Like the whole like, yeah. it's when, the only chance we get when to you, talk to like. When you drive with, with a poor person, yeah. you know, it just, I hate that. But it, I do think that like in our lives, in our families, being able to listen and that usually means finding common ground with people and saying oh like i think that's a good point or something like that that's, i don't know that's that'd be the i love that and that's yeah. how you that's how you can smell out the bullshit or i is think that a good so way? yeah yeah just listen to, to dissenting views and care and realize they might have but something to teach you relationship yeah. more than views i think i think yeah. that our brains don't work logically i think we work <laughs> with relationship centric and so when you actually love somebody that dis- disagrees with you you're less likely to think of that person as the enemy even if you have real disagreement with yeah them. so maybe diversity in your relationships yeah to, to yeah. be friends with people from a lot of different backgrounds is yeah really good way of giving yourself a better perspective on yeah on things okay cool let's do our final questions i like that <laughs> okay so first we ask uh name an organization that you think uh, our listeners should donate their cause, money or time yeah. or a cause yeah what's your charity or resources yeah website you know, business uh, the venmo. mega the texas venmo? mega god church <laughs> yeah do you have a venmo account um you can pick anything the uh 
ham sausage church fund. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like homeless people in LA need a lot of help right now. Yeah. But there's so many. It's hard. Is to there an organization <laughs> that that you uh, prefer? God. By the way, this is a whole side topic. This is why American politics is fucked. Is we're like which charity do we want to give to like <laughs> we should be doing this as a fucking society we shouldn't have to give I don't know we should be p- vote to pay, pay more Dude, taxes you just don't have to like, answer it's yeah, fine sorry. no no no, 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 no. <laughs> but I, I know, but isn't this yeah. true though that we like have yeah, to rely on non because we are, yeah, we're not we, caring we, for each well, other well the crazy thing is we'd rather donate as opposed to understand that our taxes right. are a donation right. that go to everything and yeah. then like yeah. 90% go to the military yeah. Yeah. and then we're like I didn't okay but that's the one thing everybody's like keep that going yeah I know you know what I mean it's just like everybody's like oh the budget anyway. yeah anyone <laughs> i mean i think Should we just do the if, if you don't have one <laughs> yeah, i, I, yeah, I, I like to say um there's uh two dog organizations best friends oh, yeah. uh, la and uh angel city pits which actually just i i helped them rescue a dog this week oh. um who Is was this gonna why die you brought up these organizations yeah no i I, I mean you deserve it, it. You yeah, saved they, uh, they saved a dog's life, but many dogs do die, so I don't want to yeah. get too happy. Yeah. Anyway, Wait, well done, Barry. Yeah. That's so awesome. I did it. Yeah. So Barry, uh, I saved the world. Again. We brought you guys on yeah. here. Right. To, to Lucas, you want to take a final question? Yeah, the final question, and it's to both of you, um, is uh, one that we ask all our guests: uh, Why should we be hopeful? Why Why should we have hope now? <laughs> I mean, I think that human beings. When I was a Christian, I thought that we were basically failed angels. Like, we were built to be these perfect beings, and we're just fucking up constantly. And now I think that we're, like, monkeys that are trying hard to figure out how to be good. And so I think there's genuinely – it's generally unsurprising to me when these monkeys – we do terrible things. Because we've always done that. Our whole evolutionary history has been really bloody and dark. And I'm hopeful because we're having – conversations about how to be better and there actually is a lot of data to say that like we're making progress and we can't be okay with being where we are because it's not okay where we are but i think there's genuine progress happening and we're incentivized to believe there's not because that'll make us feel maybe we're afraid of like if we get comfortable we're going to stop trying but i think actually as a species we can get a lot better because history has shown that to be the case and so I, I, I'm actually encouraged Trust by Trust the process. I like that. That we're yeah. monkeys trying to be good instead of fallen angels. Yeah. That's yeah, it lowers great... the bar. Nice well, because the yeah. bar is low. Yeah. I mean, like, like I, I think if, if any other animal be- became as powerful yeah. as Not assholes. Like, I th- I, yeah, like the fish wouldn't be doing a good job. <laughs> the, the fucking everything elephants. Everything would be getting turned into the, the ocean. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They'd drown you know everything. what I mean? Yeah, they'd, everything would um, become water. They'd yeah. be putting water. They have water houses on top of places. There shouldn't be water houses. Yeah. It'd be idiots. It'd be a nightmare. Like the world's finally drowned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we fixed it. Uh-huh. I mean, I hit myself in the face with headphones when we started this. So yeah, I mean, it proves it, your point. It totally. looks so violent. Sometimes I see you reach for things and your hand misses by like three My hands inches. Are too big. Like your hand They're hits it. Big. Like you have no fingers. Yeah. So you have more it's arm yourself, More arm insecurity than anybody ever I've in my life. I've never seen yeah, anything I like a lot. it. Leg too. That's fine. <laughs> Catherine, your answer. <laughs> I talk about your arms some more. No, that's fine. Now, now I don't know what to do with. I was really worried. Just keep going. We were at a movie. We were at a movie, and Barry had hot tea. And I saw his hand surge for his hot tea. And he literally, he, he knocked it, but his hand only glanced off the cup before he readjusted. And I was like, that was going to be hot tea all over me. Uh, I was like, this is going to be a terrible I'm a lot of fun. All right, anyway. Hope. Why should we hope? Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, well, I mean, I think the question itself, it, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, I think the reason that we ache is the reason we that we should have hope. Like the fact that we're horrified and concerned and depressed oh. is like we want we we're we're depressed because we're lonely or we feel useless. Well, that's because we have this desire to do something meaningful with our life and to contribute and make things that are beautiful and solve problems. And that's that's a beautiful huh. part of being a human, I think. And yeah. I mean, it, it's very painful to live with, but I also think it's. It's the thing that drives society to try to fix things. And I think where we're at right now, it is a very dark time, but that's always been sort of true. There's always been problems that people needed to be really, like, depressed about so that they could, you know, find a way to fix them together. So, I mean, it's hard sometimes (laughs) to feel hope, but I do think that is a reason to hope. You know what? I'm going to give you one point for that. Oh, she wins. I honestly, I honestly am going to give you one point. That means you win, Catherine. I, I think that was pretty no, good. No, 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 no. I actually think Catherine won. That was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it. That's this was amazing. Yeah, this was Thank amazing. you, guys. What you guys so I really appreciate so it. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much, guys. Okay. Uh, go uncertainty. Sir. Bye. <laughs>